ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin, and we've got a lot to get into today. How you doing so far, Dan? I'm doing good. The Rangers had a nice little winning streak, which unfortunately, of course, got snapped yesterday, but uh, the, it's been great. Plus, plus this news that I got, like, literally, like, because it happened when I was at work, I didn't, and I can't take my phone in, I can't take my phone into that warehouse. I left my phone at home because I don't, I don't trust, the, I don't trust the lockers. That they make you leave your phone, and I don't trust those lockers. I just left my phone at home. Short walk from my house, but anyway, as soon as I get home, I pull up my, I pick up my phone, and I go on the SNY like their Twitter feeds, and I see Carrera. We just signed Carrera <laughs> after it didn't work out at San Francisco. I didn't think this was gonna happen. All of a sudden, Deep Cohen pulls another. Gift out of that bag of his. So Santa Cohen pulls off another, another, another gift out of that bag of his. Exactly, and man. Cohen is the gift that keeps on giving. I can tell you that. He really <laughs> is, man. He's the gift that Met fans have been waiting our entire lives for. Because just like you said, man, they they had that deal with the uh, San Francisco Giants. That Carlos Correa reportedly last year, uh, I'm sorry, last week, me and you even talked about it, where Carlos Correa was, you know, signed by the San Francisco Giants for 13 years, $350 million. Big time deal, long time, big time contract, big time money. Um, you know, and we learned, and me and you talked about it last week as well, that the Mets had jumped in at the last second and offered a 10-year, $300 million contract. And unfortunately, you know, Scott Boris said that they appreciated it, but they were a little bit too far down the road with the, with the Giants, and they didn't want to back out, you know, and do that deal in bad faith, which is totally understandable. So, so you get that. That was cool. But then, yesterday afternoon, it comes out that there was supposed to be the Carlos Correa introductory press conference to this to San Francisco and the media and putting on his Giants jersey for the first time, just like we've seen over the last week, Verlander and uh, you know, uh Senga and uh Brandon Nimmo last week, and and now Carlos Correa to come because they canceled that press conference yesterday due to um the way they described it was that the Giants organization and uh and you know Correa's camp disagreed on the medical report so he didn't pass his physical at least according to the giants well scott boris got back on the phone called stevie cohen who was on vacation in hawaii by the way a much well-earned vacation i might add and they got the deal done 12 years 315 million just crazy dan how, it, 
how did we get to this point that the Mets are the biggest spenders in the history of baseball now? I, I have no idea, but I just knew big things were going to happen if we, once we got Cohen. And I can tell you, it's so worth it all this time. I mean, I think even to get Steve Cohen as owner of the Mets, of course, there'd be a lot of drama with this team. If yeah. you remember all time with Steve Cohen, what team, but thank God he cleared all those hurdles, became our the owner of the team, and he, boy, did he deliver. No, yeah, he definitely did. Now, Dan, let me ask you something, my friend, because if there's something that you're good at, as we've seen on your past appearances on the East Side Dave Show and the Davey Mac Sports Program and even Opie and Anthony back in the day and the Kumia Show still, um, you're very good at cutting a promo because you get into it, man. Now, I want you, if if you're feeling it, I want you to cut a promo on the rest of Major League Baseball and the Mets going out, outspending everybody. What what are you feeling right now, man? Because you got to be feeling it. All us Met fans, you couldn't punch a smile off the face of a Met fan today because everybody is just thrilled and through the roof. What are you thinking, man? Let's see. Let, let's get one of those old school Bobo promos. This year, the Mets are big players this year. We're not to be messed with. And if you don't like it, you could suck it. Yeah, there we go. Suck it, everybody. <laughs> I love it, man. I, it, it just feels so good that we we could be happy about our team. That's not a source of, oh, man, if only the Mets did this. Uh, if only the Mets did that. They've Anything that you could have possibly wanted this team to do this offseason, they've done, right? Yeah, they've done. They've done it. They've done everything we could. We could hope for. I mean, we had that little setback with with a certain per- pitcher. I won't. I'm not going to name. <laughs> Back big time. Like we really like. I cannot explain words. Cannot explain how bigly we, how big we bounce back. Like I've never in my. I don't recall ever as a Met fan seeing this kind of a, an off season push. It's like half the time it's been me constantly refreshing my Twitter feed. I'm going to do something today or we're going to do something today. I'm not really expecting much. I know I'm just hoping something's going to happen, but I just don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just get hitting refresh. Well, all of a sudden it's like just when I think, oh, something's going to happen today, all of a sudden it just hits me. And that's what's happened so far. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's really crazy. This new, this new Steve Cohen world that us Met fans are living in right now, and you know, you think back to some of these crazy off seasons that the Yankees have had. You know, obviously the one that really sticks out in everyone's mind is the two thousand nine off season where they added Mark Teixeira, CC Sabathia, and AJ Burnett. And <clears throat> man, I gotta tell you this. This offseason, what the Mets have done, really, realistically, if you look at it, it blows that 2009 Yankees offseason out of the water. I mean, CeCe and and Verlander, you know, definitely both on par, great pitchers and everything. Um, And, the you know, the upside that you could give to the, the Yankees on that one 
is that CC was in his prime at that point. You know, obviously Verlander's past his prime, but still a very good pitcher and a future Hall of Famer, which, uh, you know, CC's probably a borderline Hall of Famer, but Verlander's a, a slam dunk, you know, and same thing with Scherzer. You know, when, when, when you look around the, the Mets team, too, I was looking at something that Buster Only uh, actually reported earlier today that the Mets have each player in the Mets infield is at least a two-time All-Star, and they have two future slam dunk Hall of Fame pitchers on their rotation, not to mention the best closer in baseball who struck out 50% of the batters that he faced last year. I mean, and just just looking at that, that, that that's before you've even factored in that the Mets, oh, by the way, brought back um, Adam Adovino yesterday. Really good deal for the Mets, too. I think uh, Adovino was fantastic last year. So love bringing him back. Love that they brought in David Robertson. I love the trade for Brooks Raleigh, the guy they got from uh, Tampa Bay for a young lefty named Keyshawn Askew, who had a high ceiling. But this guy Raleigh's pretty damn good, too, man. How do you how do you feel so far about the remake of this bullpen? Um, I'm I'm excited so far. It's almost it it might be as close as I can get to be to be able to feel calm with the Mets reliever because it's and that's not easy to feel calm. I'm sorry, no matter who's who we go to, it's hard to feel calm as a Met fan. Trust me, come baseball season, it's gonna feel like that. You're absolutely right about that, man. Because as as a Met fan, you still, regardless of who's running out there, you still get the flashbacks to Braden Looper and you know freaking uh, Aaron Heilman and Billy Wagner blowing a big game and all these guys. <laughs> get Armando Benitez, Benitez, John Franco. Yeah, so many of them. And the list goes on and on, <laughs> on and on and on. You you're so right, my friend been history but yeah hi Hiram I'm excited I'm excited about this season and and the prospects of maybe potentially maybe Christmas of 2023 I'm uh, gonna find us a little sports illustrated subscription if you get what I'm talking about exactly exactly well maybe that that Mets sweatshirt you're wearing will be a 2023 World Series champions New York Mets sweatshirt uh, yep. as you're uh, ordering your uh, Sports Illustrated issue. <laughs> yep, exactly. I, bet, I, I, I forget the... I, do they still do the collector's editions? I believe they do. I'm not positive, but I, I'm pretty sure they do. They do, because all this time, I've been waiting for the Mets to win a World Series to get to get the, to get the Sports Illustrated collector's edition, because I only do that when one of my teams was a championship. And the last time I did a Sports Illustrated subscription... Was when the Giants won Super Bowl forty six. Very cool. Yeah, you know the the last time I had a Sports Illustrated um thing was oh yeah never <laughs> because uh, the last time my team won was nineteen ninety four at the Rangers. My dad wouldn't let me get it because I was seven years old and he didn't care. If so, I had, I, I actually got that collector through this by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I I wanted it, but it wasn't happening. My dad wasn't going for it. <laughs> I, I I even still got that VHS tape that MSG Network produced. That's awesome. Yeah, That's it was. Awesome. It was I uh, by Sam and JD. It was titled Oh, it was titled Oh Baby. 
I do remember seeing that video, but I never actually owned that uh, VHS. I, that's awesome. I would love to have that. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's actually on YouTube if you wanted to see it. Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you can't be going out checking out uh, old 94 Rangers footage because that, that, that's the best. And, hey, let's just hope that, you know, this Mets team, you, you know, we speak about New York championship teams in a certain breath, you know. There's in there's a different air when you talk about like my shirt party like it's 1986. The 86 Mets are royalty in this town. The 69 Mets are royalty in this town. The 94 Rangers, the 98 Yankees, you know, the the Yankees of the late 70s, 77 and 78, you know, the the, the Giants teams like the the Lawrence Taylor teams from 96 and 90 and 91 that that, that won the Super Bowls those years. Joe Namath still 50 years later, a legend in New York. It, it puts you in a different stratosphere when you actually win in New York City, and yep, exactly. And you will never, if you win here, you literally never have to buy a beer again in New York. Yeah, so, no doubt about it, because everybody's gonna know you when you walk in, and everybody, and believe me, there's a Mets fan or a Jets fan or a Giants fan or a Yankees fan or any kind of fan behind every bar in all these New York establishments. So. You know, as soon as they walk in and they see a guy, you know, let like let's say the Mets win the World Series this year, Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander, you know, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, these guys are just like you said, never gonna have to buy a drink in this town again, and they're gonna be royalty wherever they go in this town, and will forever be the '69 Mets. You know, they still run these guys out there all the time because people love them because they're they're winners, they're champions that won in New York, and it takes a different level to win in this city. Yep, that's for sure. And I, like I've said it many times, and I'm sure you could agree, I do not know how crazy my reaction is going to be if we, if that time we finally win it. Yeah, it, man. It's going to be like, I, I really don't know the look on my face I'm going to have when, when it happens. It's, and just be ready for anything. It's just, I'm just going <laughs> to, I might just explode when it happens. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I have a feeling, to be honest, that it's going to be, for me, a lot like it was this morning when I found out uh, about the Carlos Correa, um, you know, uh, deal. Because, so, normally, I, I go to work at, you know, 10 in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, whichever one it is. So I usually wake up a little bit later, so I'm up a little bit later. Normally, if it was a normal work night for me last night, I would have been up at 10 o'clock, uh, or I'm sorry, it would have been up at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning when this news broke, which means that I also wouldn't have been going to sleep after it. <laughs> but I had to be in to work at 7 o'clock this morning, so I woke up around 6, and I looked at my phone, and I had a text message from a Yankee fan friend of mine saying... Met signed Correa and sent me the link with it too. And I I really thought he was messing with me at first. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> then I clicked on it and I laid in bed for a good, a solid 10 minutes just in shock, in utter shock. I didn't say anything. I was laughing to myself like, like, a, in, like a mental patient <laughs> because 
I was so shocked. I had no idea this was going to happen, obviously, as 99% of Met fans didn't. And it just caught me so off guard. And I feel like that's kind of how I would react if the Mets actually won a World Series, because it would be like something materializing in front of my eyes that I never thought I'd see before. You know what I mean? Yep. And whatever reaction I could get, what would I have just seen it on TV alone? I think it would be double even if it was even if I'm right there present while it's actually happening. It'll be even it'll it might be quadruple that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it wouldn't matter where you are. You're going to be flipping out. You could be in a compound on the moon watching this thing. And if if the if you see the Mets win the World Series, you're going to be losing your freaking mind, man. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I believe me, I, I can tell you, I will be making a lot of noise on my block. <laughs> exactly, man. If if for some reason I have access to a car when that happens, I think they had to be careful because I might be tempted to want to do donuts. <laughs> In the city field parking lot. <laughs> well, depending where I'm at. Depending True. where I'm at happens because I know City Field they likely wouldn't be driving because why am I going to pay a, 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 a ton of money for parking and for parking so expensive so it's like even they even he would exact this to a car I would be taking a subway but if let's say I'm someplace like let's say at home when it happens or even if I got home from the ballpark I would and there was a car and I had a car I'd probably be tempted to do donuts in front of my house True, man, true. Or if the Mets won the World Series on the road, you could go down to the City Field parking lot to celebrate and do po- donuts in the parking lot for free. Oh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully find a place to buy the merchandise because we don't have Bodell's anymore, so that's going to be an interesting one. That's true. I wonder where they're going to be putting out that, uh, that first-line merchandise once it comes out. The only place... To buy it online, maybe buy the team store at the stadium. I'm assuming they'll they'll, they'll have the merch there, especially especially let's say if anyone was there the day the Mets won the series, if it had home, I'm sure it'll put that stuff out right there is right before you exit the stadium. Yeah, no doubt about that. People are going to be going crazy for that uh, if and when the Mets do finally uh, end their drought, which right now sits at 36 years. It'll be 37 next year and uh let's just hope that's the final one and how funny would it be if the Mets championship drought ends at 37 Casey Stengel their first manager's number right <laughs> yep and there's also a spot on my wall for that daily news framed copy of the of that daily news with the headline exactly exactly and that's one thing too that's been really awesome over the last couple of weeks and I know you know, the Mets have done this before where they they have a great off season, They get a whole bunch of back pages and everything. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really exactly come to fruition in the regular season. But this feels completely different with the level of guys they've brought in. And uh, just the you know, you see the amount of, um, uh, you know, just not only attention, but the like the guys that they've brought in, you know, Verlander is such a driven winner and man, just the, I, the idea of him and Scherzer feeding off of each other all year uh, is just such an awesome thing. And 
the the rest of the team feeding off those two guys and their competitiveness and their drive to win. Um, you know, and same thing with Senga too, because Senga's coming over here. And one thing I really like to hear Senga say in his uh his introductory press conference the other day was not only I thought it was pretty cool. I, I don't know if you saw it, Dan, but he opened up his press conference by saying, Let's go Mets. And you know, talking to, and in English and talking about how happy and excited he was to be here in New York. So that was pretty cool. But another thing I liked that I heard was that he was talking about how great it was going to be to learn from two of the greatest pitchers, you know, that, that he's ever seen and how everyone in Japan knows and respects Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and how he's going to be able to be in the same rotation with those two guys is an honor and a privilege and, and a learning experience. And that was really cool to see that level of respect from Senga given to his two now rotation mates, right? Yep. And I definitely hope it works out really well enough that to the point that one day, and I've said this before that at one point, I hope one of the things on my bucket list to one day take to Japan, that I hope that I could one day go to Japan and they'll notice uh, my Mets head and they'll be asking me how Senga's doing. Exactly. Exactly. And if you go to Japan too, with your Mets, you can wear a Senga jersey and they'll love you even more. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm 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 excited about how this I'm excited about this season and gonna it's it's gonna be a really big anticipation this season and it's gonna be a real entertaining spring training. The fact that you got spring training, of course you also got the world baseball class taking place. That's that's gonna be a lot of fun. So I feel I feel like those years that we've had the World Baseball Classic taking place, it before the season, you know, like during that time before the season starts, mm-hmm. I feel like the season almost starts a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It does, uh, you know, it does have that feel to it at least um, that it does get a little started earlier because they do start games earlier with those knowing they're going to be losing a few games, so. You know, the last couple of years, they've waited until like maybe March 1st or whatever to uh do the first spring training games. But this year, it's actually starting on February 24th or 25th, I want to say. So, you know, yep. they're, they're definitely getting an early start this year. You're right. Yep. And it'll be one of those times because of the World Baseball Classic, I'll be watching a game with in March with uh, literally that that entity. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. And you know what, though? I. And I'll say this about the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I was very excited in 2017 when uh, the Mets won. Um, oh, the Mets. <laughs> I, I got the Mets in my head right now. When when the U.S. won in 2017, I was very ex- excited about that. That, w- that was really cool. But um, the one thing I will say, when I'm looking at this World Baseball Classic roster right now, it seems like the pitching is lacking a little bit. They They, they could use another couple of pitchers. And I'm telling you right now, I, I want the U.S. to win again this year, but for the love of God, Scherzer and Verlander, stay away from from the World Baseball Classic, please. Just stay with the Mets all spring training. Ramp yourselves up nice and slow. I don't want to see these two guys pushing themselves in March and then having to worry about them in August, September, and October, you know? Yeah, but I, I, have, I have a feeling that the... That Verlander and uh and uh Scherzer are not taking part in this because they're probably they probably want to ease it in getting ready 
And especially, so. especially Verlander, being the fact he hasn't pitched to the Mets, so he's still getting a little acclimated to it. Exactly. That that's why you know what? If it was a couple of years, like if Verlander and the and uh and Scherzer had signed with the Mets like five years ago, and they're on their fourth of the fifth year now, and the World Baseball Classic come back, I would feel more comfortable with them going to it. But you know what? Scherzer still has, you know, last year he had that abbreviated spring training, and obviously Verlander did too, but this is his first year with, with the Mets now. Uh, I also feel like Scherzer, the way that he had to go into the season contributed to him kind of breaking down a little bit at the end. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe the the quick ramp up, because if you remember, in like his second spring start last year, the guy threw six innings. In a, in like it, it was so soon, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Yep, I think so, that too. And plus the way the season ended, I could tell he was still, he had just kind of like a month or so came back from an injury. Yep. Doesn't go through like a big injury like that. He can go through the whole whole season not nothing really big happening and help will be will be ready like this could be a real scary rotation during the playoffs no doubt about it man i mean you got verlander scherzer senga and then if you need anybody else you, you can choose from either quintana you can throw out uh you know david peterson if he's starting and if they still have him on the roster uh, they they even have Carlos Carrasco out there right now, which so supposedly they're shopping. Up and they also, what's that? They also have a Tyler McGill, and Tyler McGill, true too, true too. I, I I heard that they are thinking about using him in the bullpen this year, and I hope that's not the case. They should they should keep him in the rotation because yeah, uh, just too good to be at be in the rotation. He he reminds me a little bit of take up the Grom when he first came up because it's like this guy just came up with low expectations but they just brought him up and he pitched like more than what we were expecting no doubt about it especially last year during that first half you know obviously he started that um that game uh at the the end of april against the phillies where they threw the 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 combined no hitter hitter yeah and um you you know I have to say, I was a a few a few weeks later. I was in I was in Philly when I saw the Mets on the road in Philly, and I saw like I was just I don't know, it's like weird for this me to do this, but in my head I was laughing when I'm hearing some Philly fans still like upset, like they were still shocked that they were no hit by us, <laughs> <laughs> and they were still were shocked when that come from behind win because this was literally the game right after that come from behind win, and they were still like. They were still in shock from it, and it's like, it's, it's at least good to know that's like we're not the ones feel it, it's it's uh, the other side, that them acting like that because in the past it's been us with like we, you know, when we've been in situations like that, and I'm hearing the opponent acting like that, fans acting feeling like that instead that's of us. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man, and. uh you know, finally, um, it looks like things are, are are breaking our way right now. And uh, hey, perfect time of the year for it. And we just got to be thankful that we have a, a hell of an owner that's delivering on every single thing that
that he uh, that he promised to, to Met fans. And this is a guy who is a, he grew up a Mets fan. You know, he's he he feels the same thing that we feel. And, you know, it's it's interesting to say that about a guy that's worth 15 billion. But, hey, he he's one of us. This is a guy that just wants the Mets to win. And the the coolest thing about the way they've gone about doing it is that sure okay they gave the big deal the 10 year deal to Lindor they just gave 8 years to Nimo and they also just gave 12 years to Correa you know totally understand those deals those three deals aside but other than that they don't have any long term commitments all these deals are short term you know Scherzer and uh, Verlander both two or three year deals, depending on with options, you know, uh, they, they've got a whole bunch of, you know, the, these, these other guys that they've brought in over the years or, or, you know, over, over these last few weeks, like Quintana two year deal, you know, um, okay. Maybe a five year deal for uh, Diaz. You want to call that long-term understand that, but uh, everything else they've kept very short term. I think they've done a great job with that and keeping themselves flexible, right, Dan? Yeah, they've done it. They've done a great job. This is definitely a different era of uh, of the Mets, a different era of ownership, and I just can't wait to see how it turns out. How much? How how far? A little bit more further in, like maybe ten years into going ownership, what are we thinking of the of that ownership ten years in? And I'm hoping there'll be maybe maybe a championship banner or two by the time that happens. No doubt about it, man. With, with, with the amount of money the Mets are spending and Steve Cohen is spending right now, that's the expectation. And that's what we got to uh, be, uh, you know, very happy about um, with, with what we've seen from our team. The, uh, the other thing, too, is that, you know, you just mentioned what this team's going to look like 10 years down the the road with Steve Cohen and it's very interesting thought because so we have to assume that at some point over the next year or two maybe even before the season begins the Mets are going to extend Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil we, we also know that within two years Verlander and Scherzer are going to be gone two or three years down the road they're they're close to 40 years old they're probably both going to be gone. They're not going to be here in five years. Let's put it that way. So um, if, if you're going on that, that means that the Mets core guys that you know are going to be here seven to 10 years down the road is Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Correa, Pete Alonso, and Jeff McNeil. Those are the five guys we know. Now, we also know they're going to go hard after Shoei Otani next year. So it's possible you throw him in that mix. And I guess because of his five-year deal, you could throw Diaz in there too. But when you listen to those names, those guys that I just mentioned, that's a big-time core, right? I mean, those are all relatively young guys that are going to be here for the long term, and that that's a hell of a core. Yeah, that is a hell of a core. This is going to feel like this could be like those those stretches of years the Yankees were when they had those nice core group of players. Yeah. We're building tour right here. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And the, the other cool thing that I like about that is that most of those core players 
are everyday players. You know, now that gives the the thing that these big contracts like Verlander and um and you know Scherzer and even Senga to a, to a lesser extent, um the thing that that does is allow the Mets to build up their pitching, their organizational pitching. So now you've already locked up all these guys around your team, all your other core players. Well, now it's time to start building back up your pitching. And, you know, every once in a while you can fix that with a Band-Aid, make a free agent signing, make a trade here or there. But the Mets are also going to be doing a lot of drafting, a lot of scouting, a lot of international signing. So it's just so cool to see the direction this team is heading in and you know, when Steve Cohen said he he wanted to be the Dodgers of the East, he wasn't kidding, man, because right now this team is on a really great path and uh, they're the talk of baseball. Yep, I, I, I mean, I can tell you, I cannot wait for opening day. I wish it was today. <laughs> I'm with you on that, man. All right. And now that we got the uh, Mets talk out of the way, we got a lot of other great stuff to get into today as, uh, you know, Obviously, we stole the headlines from the Yankees today for once. It was nice to uh, have the Mets kind of one-up the Yankees on their big day as uh, the Yankees, you know, formally introduced Aaron Judge to the media today, coming back to the Yankees. uh, Nine years, $360 million contract. Uh, Big deal for the big boy who went out and hit 62 home runs this year. So he earned it. He earned it. You You can't argue with that. The Yankees had to bring him back. It would have been a disaster if he left. Um, and, you know, the Yankees went and uh, named him the captain today, the 16th captain in Yankee history, first since Derek Jeter retired after the 2014 season. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, Dan? Did you think it was a slam dunk that Judge should be captain? Or do you think that that he hasn't earned that title yet? I feel maybe there's kind of both arguments for that, but I feel he kind of earned it. He's He's been like the vet. He's sort of like as weird as we're saying this now. He's like the veteran of this team because I feel he's been like the one that's been around the longest. It's true. Gotten the hang of the lay of the land. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, he's been there since 2016. So you, you, you are right. He is one of the most longest uh, tenured Yankees at this point. And, um, he, you know, the fact is, I think the Yankees needed Judge, and I'm not saying that he he lacked any leadership skills, because the guy obviously he's been ever since his rookie season he's been one of if not the face of Major League Baseball. It's I guess you could put him up there with Trout and Harper and a couple of elite other guys. Maybe Mookie Betts uh, Betts is in that mix too. Um, but, uh, judge is definitely right there. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking at, at that, and this is a guy that, um, you know, although he doesn't have the championship yet, he is the marquee player for the Yankees and he could not have been allowed to leave. Uh, just great job by the Yankees getting it done. Hey, you got to tip your cap to, to Hal Steinbrenner too, because they went out and, um, you know, made this happen. He called Judge personally, convinced him to come back. And I think that he that Judge has earned the captaincy. Uh I, I did hear a couple of Yankee fans today, not not many, but I heard a couple of people griping, oh, you know, Jeter had four championships and uh, you know, 
after he signed his 10-year deal following the 2000 season, uh, in which the Yankees won their third straight World Series title and uh, fourth in five years, um, they did not name Jeter captain until before the 2003 season. So it did take an extra three years. I understand what you're saying, but look, just because that happened to Jeter, you know, you can't put that same thing on judge. It's different circumstances. You know, Jeter was on a much more homegrown for the most part. I mean, when you look at around the team, guys like Bernie Williams, Posada, and um, Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera, and the Yankees had a lot more of those guys than they do now. And judge being a homegrown guy who sure he hasn't won a championship yet, but has experienced a lot of success in New York. And everybody knows that he's the leader of the Yankees. It's just official now. So I think he earned that title, and I I have no problem with it, right? Yeah, exactly. I have no problem with that. Yeah. So definitely uh, congratulations to Aaron Judge. Um, He he earned it. And, uh, hey, the Yankees probably aren't done yet either. Uh, They they ended up losing out on Benintendi. He went to the White Sox. That stinks for them. They ended up losing out on – Correa, obviously, to the Mets. Uh, they lost out on a couple of guys this year, but they got Radon. They got Judge. Um, you know, so take that for what it is. Uh, the the Yankees probably still have one more uh, move up their sleeve, but even if they don't, they could sleep at night peacefully knowing that they got Judge back and that they probably now have, if not the best rotation in the American League, right up there. And Definitely the best one-two punch. So uh, you, you you can't argue with that. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the Yankees are in pretty good position right now. What do you think, Dan? Do you think – is there anything looking at this Yankee team right now that stands out to you that they absolutely need to do before opening day? I can't really see much they need to do. It looks like they've put themselves in the right spot to be a contender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing I hear Yankee fans constantly talk about, though, is a left fielder because Benintendi left, so they keep talking about that, which is understandable, um, and a closer because I think a lot of Yankee fans don't trust Clay Holmes. Um, but you know what? We're just going to see what happens. I'm sure Cashman has some uh, tricks up his sleeve. And you know what, though? Even if the Yankees – because right now you have to remember, too, that Araldus Chapman and Zach Britton are both free agents. It it's actually been rumored that the Mets are are looking at Zach Britton right now. If you remember, Zach Britton used to be the closer for the Orioles when Buck Showalter was there too. So there is a history. So it's possible that the Yankees lose Britton to the Mets this year. But from the looks of things, I don't think the Yankees have much interest in bringing back Britton or Araldus Chapman. So uh, the the Yankees. I, I don't I don't really know what moves can be done to improve their bullpen. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think there's much left now at this point. It's go into the season and hope there you're still in it by the time the trading deadline happens. Yeah, and I mean maybe speaking of trades too, you just triggered this thought in my head. I forgot that Kyle Hendricks of the um Chicago White Sox apparently is on the trade block and I haven't heard the Yankees connected to him yet, but it doesn't mean they won't. And um, he's only on the hook 
It's 14 million this year and I think 16 million next year. So you're on the hook for two years, 30 million. But um, Hendricks is one of the best closers in baseball. Uh, no doubt about it. He racked up, I believe, 37 and 38 saves over the last two years for the White Sox, his first two years there. Um, he's had two great ERAs, a lot of punch outs. He's a power pitcher. Uh, so to add him to the back end of that Met bullpen would be a dream scenario. But to add him to the back end of that Yankee bullpen would be critical, critical, because the Yankees need another big arm uh, or a big arm right now, because I don't know what you'd consider Clay Holmes. I really thought that when the Mets signed um, uh, David Robertson, I didn't think that there was a chance that Adam Adovino was coming back. I kind of envisioned him as the replacement for Adovino. And in my head, I started thinking to myself, putting two and two together, hey, maybe there's a decent shot that Adovino goes back to the Yankees. Well, the Mets put a stop to that because the Mets brought him back too. So, uh, you know, hey, anybody else the Mets add to their pen would be a luxury, but the Yankees definitely need people in that pen right now. And uh, I don't think there's uh, there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll move on from baseball here now too since there's really nothing much to talk about uh, after everything we just discussed. Um, but the, I, I do want to get to some football too, Dan, because we had a uh, very interesting game this past Monday as your New York Giants went out and picked up a very, very critical win against the Washington Commanders. Uh, you know, how are you feeling going into that game and how are you feeling now coming out of it? That game, well, that was a little bit of a wild night. I had to, that was one of those nights I had to do a little two screen action. I had I have that little cable app on my tab tablet. You know that you could access your cable on the tablet and set your DVR. Yeah. Because done at the same time, so I had like the Rangers game on the TV and I had the Giants game on the. So I'm like looking back and forth, and during intermissions, I had the other game that was happening that was still going that was going on during an intermission. I have that on the T. You know, like during that during that like during the. When the Rangers game was an intermission, I had the Giants game on a TV, and then when it went back, I switched back. You, you know what I mean, right? So, yeah. But yeah. that that game, I had a feeling the Giants were going to win that, even though that last couple of minutes, I mean, I was like on the edge of my seat. I was not calm until they made that big stand at the end, that big goal line stand, and that just felt like I have playoffs and. They've assured me that it's going to be an interesting Christmas Eve. No doubt about it, man. I mean, the, the Giants fought hard in that game. That was not easy. The, the Commanders are also a good team. Um, you know, Heineke played pretty decent. The Giants defense made their stands when they needed to. Daniel Jones didn't make any critical mistakes. Um, you know, the one thing I would worry about with the Giants, um, although I will say this, I think that the, the – the Giants are, in my opinion, it's you know, it's not guaranteed yet, but in my opinion, I think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I think um, they've put themselves in great position, really, really great position. Um, and if I was a Giants fan, I'd be very excited right now. I think, uh, you know, everything is right in front of them, and they just have to get the job done. You know, it's not like the Jets who we're going to talk about in a minute where they, they have to hope a couple of things break their way. Everything is in front of the Giants right now, and as long as they do their job, they will be in the playoffs this year. And that's really awesome for Brian Dable, uh, you know, Shane, 
and that entire Giants organization from John Mara all the way down. You have to give everybody credit. Um, and, you know, especially Daniel Jones, who the Giants didn't even offer the fifth-year option. So they they will have to bring him back as a free agent, much like the Mets did with Nimmo and some of their guys this offseason. So that's a discussion we can have another day if the Giants should do that or not. But, hey, if he if Daniel Jones brings the Giants to the playoffs, you you pretty much have to consider bringing him back, right? Yeah, I think he's a shoo-in if he, if he make the playoffs. Without a doubt, shoo-in. And uh, this next game is going to be an interesting one. It's like one of those rare times where we're going to be playing on Christmas Eve. So I'll be in front of the TV. And uh, I have a feeling we're going to hold ourselves, we're going to hold up well against this uh, tough uh, Vikings team this weekend. Yeah, and you know, as we've seen, the the Vikings are are a very good team. We saw them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, from my perspective, I saw the Jets play a very tight game against them. Uh, but the Vikings have been up and down this year too. Um, you know, they just had that game last Saturday where they were down thirty three nothing at halftime. I mean, it it was really one of the craziest games I've ever seen. I've never seen a team. I don't know if I, I don't maybe I've never is a bit of an exaggeration, but they had one of the worst first halves I've ever seen against a really crappy Colts team being down 33 nothing. And then the second half was like it was a different team showed up. They just put on the uniforms and <laughs> took the place of the imposters that were playing the first half. And then they just went out and ripped off an incredible second half where they ended up coming back. Winning the game 36-33. So, you know, that that's one thing about the um the Minnesota Vikings is that they have a very, very explosive offense. Um, you know, if you let Kirk Cousins get back, you know, sit back there and have plenty of time, he's gonna pick you apart. And, you know, he's got the receivers to do it with Thielen and Jefferson and a couple of these other guys. You know, they uh the Vikings are a very talented offensive team. Now their defense might not be that good. Um, the, I, I definitely know their pass defense isn't very good. Their run defense is a little bit better. Um, and that would worry me a little bit with the Giants because Saquon Barkley, you know, at the beginning of the season, if if you go back and look from weeks one to eight or nine, you Obviously, you as a Giants fan were singing his praises as you should be. But me, even as a, you know, non-biased observer, I was calling Saquon Barkley, you know, in the mix at least for the NFL MVP for a lot of that early season because he was averaging over five yards a carry. He was killing it. He was putting the Giants offense on his back. He looked as healthy as he had been in years. And... Now these last couple of weeks in the season, it looks like we're starting to see a little bit more of that banged up um, Saquon Barkley where that yards per carry average was over five in the season uh, early on in the season. Now it's starting to creep down under four. And that's where you get a little worrisome when you're in that 3.6, 3.7 range. You know, that's that's not terrible, but, you know, when you're an elite back, you want to be getting four and a half, five yards of carry. So what are your thoughts on this right now, Dan? Do you, do you think that that maybe he's a little beat up and running out of out of gas here at the end of the season? Maybe the Giants should 
give him a little bit of a breather? Yeah, it looks like he's a little bit beat up. I say if we're winning if we're winning in a blowout or something, maybe give him a couple of reps off. If we're hopefully hopefully we get a situation where we're winning in a you know, we got a big enough lead that we can maybe give him a little bit of a rest during the game at some point this season. And it it works out in a favor and he'll be as fresh as he could going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're right about that, and that's a uh... That's going to be very big for them as uh, they get ready for this Vikings, um, you know, game that that's going to be huge for them on on uh, Christmas Eve, like you said, man. And uh, I'll tell you this much: I'm scarred. I I'm so happy the Jets are playing tomorrow and not on on Sunday on Christmas Eve, because, or I'm sorry, on Saturday on Christmas Eve, because uh, the Jets and Christmas Eve, I don't have good memories as one of my last Christmas Eve jet memories would be the Victor Cruz 99 yard touchdown that pretty much ended the jet season in 2011 and sent the giants onto a super bowl run. So I'm very happy the jets aren't playing on, on, <laughs> on Christmas Eve this year. And uh, they're playing the game tomorrow night, which is going to be um, a really big game for the jets and the Jaguars now. Uh, you know, be, before we get to that, Dan, did, did you see any of the Jet Lion game this past Sunday? I saw it, and that was like, man, talk about talk about a downer. Like I could, I swear, when I'm looking at the highlights, I've said this before, but just looking at the highlights, sometimes when I've seen highlights and it didn't look like it went didn't go well for the Jets, I could almost hear uh, Joe Beningo's voice in my head. Oh yeah, and I was doing my best Joe Beningo impersonation. Oh the pain, bro. Oh the pain. Because that's what it was. It was just another chapter in uh Jets pain as they the, the the Jets are not shy about making their fan base suffer. And that's that's what happened this past Sunday. Obviously, um the Jets go out, they lose twenty to seventeen to the Lions. What were you saying, Dan? I think I probably may have heard a little Larry David's voice in my head when that happened. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure there were a couple of Jet fans that were thinking about doing what that guy did from that, that Curb episode. And, uh, you know, hey, it was uh, it was an ugly loss, man. Uh, you know, the, the Lions, you got to give them credit. Lions are one of the hottest teams in the league. But the fact of the matter is that with the game on the line, the Jets had a 17-13 to lead. And the defense blew the game. Now, sure, should the Jets have had more than 17 points on the board? You bet your ass they should have. You know, Zach Wilson missed a lot of throws. And yes, if you're just tuning in and you don't know what's going on and you only watched last week's episode of this show and you don't know what happened with the Jets, well, after we did last week's show, that Friday, the Jets announced that Mike White wasn't starting at quarterback because he's been ruled out because of the rib. Now, they didn't say if it was broken or fractured or bruised or whatever the deal was. They just said it's not going to be game ready. Well, now you knew as soon as he they said that, that he wasn't going to be starting on Sunday. There's no way he's starting on Thursday, tomorrow night, or t- tonight, if you're watching this on the first day it's available, um, th- for, for that Jet game. What's that, Dan? Hopefully, if you're a Jets fan, you're not, you don't have any problems with your Wi-Fi connection. Because it's one of the Amazon uh, Prime games that's being brought 
on Prime. I'm, I'm somehow how this has it. Giants haven't been on a Thursday night game yet this year, but so far I've had the luck of not having a deal with the lag. I've heard, I've heard stories from other people who have seen some of the Amazon broadcasts how horrible it's turned out. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, and especially uh, seeing you know it, it was just like the this is what happens to Jet fans all the time. We get excited about something, something actually looks like it's going to go the Jets' way. And then we just get kicked in the gut, you know, punched in the balls like WWE style. It, it just is it, the same thing that happens over and over and over again. It even happened last year when the Jets, um, you know, had that great win and the great comeback and all this stuff. Mike White throws for 400 yards against the Bengals. The, suddenly, Jets like they have a quarterback. He gets hurt. Next thing you know, Zach Wilson's back in. And, uh, you know, it goes back to what it had been the whole year. Well, that's exactly what happened this year, uh, or in, in, in this game, I'm sorry, where you saw what the Jets' offense was capable of the previous couple of weeks, the numbers that Mike White was was putting up, the ease that he was making, you know, like that he was taking care of this with. And obviously that all went out the window. Zach Wilson uh, took over. Look, if if you look at Zach Wilson's numbers, not bad, not bad. I mean, you might even be able to say he's not the reason they lost the game, but it wasn't good either, and it wasn't better than Mike White. And if Mike White was healthy, he should be playing on Thursday night, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, Zach Wilson's going to be playing, and uh, you know, Jeff just got to learn to live with that, and you know. You hope to see a little gr- more growth out of Zach. He threw for he made a couple of big plays, but I don't know. I saw a lot of those passes where he made those big plays, like specifically to CJ Uzama. He threw a, a 30 plus yard touchdown pass, might have even been 40 yards into the corner. Man, I'm telling you right now, if they were facing the Patriots or a team with a better defense, uh, especially pass defense, these balls that he was throwing up there are getting picked off. You know, the, the Lions didn't even know what they were doing defensively from that perspective. And they weren't able to, uh, and and they still forced a turnover, which the Jets didn't do, by the way, they forced one in the last five games. That's another thing the Jets defense really has to do. Let's start forcing turnovers, guys. You know, the the only turnover they've had in the last five games was an interception by CJ Mosley at the end of the win against the bears, which was garbage time. You know, they, they did nothing. You took a touchdown off the board at the end of the game for the bears. Big deal. You know, p- part of the reason maybe is that, like, the the Lions in that last game didn't even target Sauce Gardner once. <laughs> they are not t- – teams are not testing Sauce because he's been way too good so far this season. So teams aren't even taking the chance. They don't want him to get a pick or a pick six, even worse. So that's understandable. But the, the Jets really have to find a way to make these things happen, force a fumble, get a strip sack, pick the damn ball up actually because the Jets force fumbles but never pick them up too so you know let's just hope that um next week when we reconvene and we're doing the best seat in the house podcast again next week uh let's just hope that we're talking about the Jets following a Jet win and the Giants following another Giant win right buddy exactly (laughs) and speaking of wins actually we had Two Madison Square Garden teams, because we're we're coming to the end here right now. So let's just 
wrap up with a with, with a little bit of the uh, Madison Square Garden teams that we got right now, who are both on a great run. Uh, we'll talk about the Knicks in a sec. The, the, the Knicks are on an eight-game winning streak right now as they absolutely pounded the Golden State Warriors 132 to 94 the other night. Now, granted, Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson are both out, so you take that with a grain of salt, but it was still nice to see. But the other team, our New York Rangers, were streaking too as they were on a seven-game winning streak until last night in Pittsburgh when they ended up losing three to two. Um, Dana, I, I don't know if you caught the end of that game too, which I'm sure you did. Uh, but what an absolute garbage way to end that game as Mika Zibanejad is breaking to the net all by himself, gets clearly tripped. Clearly, the guy's stick hits him right in the blade while a referee is standing right there and staring at it. No call. No, it absolutely absurd. I could not believe watching that game that there was no call there. And once again, in Pittsburgh, shocking, the Rangers get screwed by a bad call. I got to say one thing about this. I think maybe by Mr. Malunigan was howling when I was yelling out at the TV, these refs suck. <laughs> he he was kind of he was kind of howling at the TV with me, just sitting next to me on the on the on the couch watching that game. Also, I have to say, speaking of uh, idiot things with Pittsburgh, remember last week I was saying how stupid of a Winter Classic matchup that was. Yeah, Bruins, the Penguins, like it should have been Ra- Bruins Rangers. Absolutely, you know, would have been. Would have been a would have been a matchup that would have uh, drove me to want to make to, to, to I would I would have made the trip to Boston to attend that game. Well, apparently I found that there's a reason why the visiting team was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Someone a friend, one of my Boston friends pointed out to me that the owner of the Red Sox has part ownership of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Which yeah, is you're why, right. You're right about I, that. Which is the reason for that stupid matchup, unfortunately, I found out. Oh, that's a joke. That's like insider trading. <laughs> I said that matchup should have been Bruins-Rangers. And hey, the, the NHL, honestly, should have wanted it to be Bruins-Rangers. Because, you know, the the Penguins are yesterday's news. S- Sidney Crosby is like 37 years old, whatever he is. They're geriatrics over there. Uh, you yeah. know, and... And and by the way, too, it was so annoying to hear the Pittsburgh fans last night try to give it to Igor. Did, did you hear that last night? Every time Igor allowed a goal, they'd start with the Igor, Igor. It's like, hey, hey, you know, Penguins fans, let's refresh your memory to May of last year when Igor kicked your ass out of the playoffs. How about that? Yep, exactly. I just... Exactly. I, I exactly. Yep. Exactly. Let's refresh that little memory. We little, you know, playoffs. And I remember going, going nuts in my living room when that happened. Like, I may have lost my voice during that living room. Like, <laughs> I spilled the beer when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, okay. So you guys got Igor in his first couple of little playoff games where he was getting settled in. But guess what? You didn't get him after that again. And he dominated you for the rest of that series, including a 5-3 win in Pittsburgh. Thank you very much. In game six, 
that sent the game that sent the series to game seven at the garden, which was won once again by, oh yeah, Igor Shesterkin <laughs> and a goal uh, in overtime by Artemi Panarin. So thank you very much, Pittsburgh fans. Enjoy your, your three to two December win because I'm starting to see this Rangers team that we saw a lot of last year. And, you know, it looks like they're starting to come back together right now and everybody's back on the same page and healthy again. And uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Rangers wins in May and June. So you could take your December win, Pittsburgh. Thank you. I I feel it's going to be another one of those uh, May and Junes that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to put away my razor for a little bit. I'm not going (laughs) to. Till maybe the end of June, maybe till the end of June, and I'll and this face might look like I've done so as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep our fingers crossed that maybe me and you will be going to a Met game in June this year, where we still have our Rangers playoff beards going. Yeah, exactly. Like I have, trust me, I got. When the Rangers are in the playoffs, I do not shave. Like my face might feel like Mister Maloon again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, we got a lot to be happy about right now. Uh, You know, hey, look, even though my my Jets have slipped a little bit, they're they're playing very well. The You know, they, they put themselves in position that they're a relevant team right now in December. And I'm happy about that because that's what me and you talked about at the beginning of the season. All we wanted was to be relevant after Thanksgiving. And guess what, buddy? We got it. The Jets and the Giants, both relevant. The Giants more so, nearly a slam dunk for the playoffs at this point. Uh, but, you know, we'll still let it play out. The Giants are right there. The Jets are right there. The The Mets are the big swinging team in baseball. The Yankees just got their captain back, and uh, they're going to be introducing their their uh, new lefty ace, I guess, if you want to call him that, uh, tomorrow in, in, in uh, Carlos Rodon. Uh, then, you know, you, you look at our hockey team, like we just said, the, the, the Islanders are still playing pretty good, too. They're they're right on that playoff pitcher, so you, you got to give credit to them and Sorokin and their new head coach after they moved on from Barry Trotz. So, uh, you know, tip of the cap to the Islanders, too. Not to mention the other team in Madison Square Garden we were just talking about a minute ago, the New York Knicks, who are on an eight-game winning streak right now, Dan. Uh, you know, it looks to me like all that fire Coach Thibodeau talk is going down the toilet. Because uh, he's got them playing great ball right now, man. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of uh, Jalen Brunson. That guy is looking like a star to me in the making. He's only 26 years old. He's he's scoring 20, 30 points a night. He's getting five or six assists every night. Love what I'm seeing out of him. Um, you know, and R.J. Barrett, while he might not be a star, is looking like he's turning into a dependable everyday consistent player that's going to score you 20 points a night. And hey, that that feels pretty good, right? That is. We're looking I mean this team is looking like a contender. It's not often I could say that with the Knicks, but it could be one of those days that the Garden is going to be a busy place. Yeah. Come, uh, the that uh, April, May, June, it's going to become a very busy place. Yeah, maybe we'll have one of those 1994 playoff runs where the garden has a playoff game every every night because it's the Rangers one night, the Knicks the next, and so on and so forth, all the way through June. Exactly. Only this time, we, we won't have any playoff games interrupted by a uh, by a uh, by police chase. 
True. True. No OJ Simpson this time around, although he's on Twitter, so he could still, uh, you know, do something pretty big. <laughs> you never know with OJ. That's nothing more than just him tweeting about the game, as crazy as it is. Like, I man, like it is, it is something else. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm expecting to all of a sudden be talking about like him searching on a on a golf course for the real killers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is by the way another reason why I would love to see uh, OJ. Since apparently I, I saw on uh, on the Kumia show the other day that uh, OJ is doing podcast interviews right now. How amazing would it be if Anthony? gets a hold of uh of oj simpson and we finally get to see the oj anthony interview <laughs> gonna be the weirdest i mean the weirdest one i don't want to i don't want to say any opinions about anything that's happened but i just want to say it's gonna be weird like i mean even just the circumstances of the whole ordeal that happened i didn't expect that it would turn out like this all those years ago when i'm seeing all those, I mean, when when you saw it all over the news, I didn't expect to be turning out like this. So that was, this would be kind of kind of weird, kind of weird. But yeah, that was. But yeah, as as we all, but what I'm mentioning is, remember during the NBA Finals that white Bronco chase, which white was Bronco a, chase, yep, happening at the same time during the NBA Finals because. I literally had to go to the radio to hear the radio feed. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I believe that was game five, I think, right? Yeah. Game five of the NBA Finals. It's been so long. I can look back, but I just remember Patrick Ewing had one of his most amazing playoff performances. And we and us Knicks fans were deprived of not seeing it because of that. That's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, there's a, a guy that really needs to have a uh, playoff run right now that would, you know, really it would, I don't know what the word is. I, I guess make up for lack of a better term to, to Nick fans is, you know, um, Julius Randall. Uh, I've been a guy that's been saying, I think Julius has to go. And I stand by that too. Even though Julius Randall is playing very good basketball right now, I, I really think that the Knicks have to get rid of him. Um, you know, and I guess it, it sounds stupid saying that now with the Knicks finally meshing and playing good basketball and everything like that. But to me, I don't think that Julius Randle is a championship level player. I think he's the type of guy that puts up big regular season numbers and, you know, kind of goes to, uh, he shrinks in the playoffs. And, um, I hope I'm wrong, but if I were the Knicks GM, I would trade Julius Randle while his value is high again. What do you think about that? Exactly. Get something that could maybe get us that building block toward that next level. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think we pretty much covered everything, man. We did a uh, a pretty good job today. We hit a lot of different topics. We got to a lot of different things, and uh, uh, I think we we did a pretty good show today for our, our Christmas special right here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. And, uh, you know, Dan, before we get out of here, do you have any plugs for yourself? One thing I want to say, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to, to, to everyone watching, watching here. Also, you could find me on, uh, tw- on Twitter at Bobo103NYC. 
and Instagram, Bobo718DK. And also, Erlen on YouTube, There's some con there'll be some content there on YouTube also. Absolutely. Make sure to check that out. I saw you posted a video of you and Stevie Lou playing video games the other day, right? Yeah, I was visiting Stevie Lou at his house. That was his apartment. Bear in mind, that was not my apartment. Mm -hmm. I was, and we just decided to do that and try to test that out to test the waters to see how that goes with the with the fans. Very and cool. I, I thought that was good, man. I might incorporate that. I might even incorporate maybe if it's at the same time a Rangers game's happening mm -hmm. or incorporate me watching the game. Unless of course I'm at the game, of course. But sure. if I'm watching I'm doing that, you might you might see me uh see me uh watching the game of of course they're gonna have to figure out how to that of course, the viewers are going to have to provide the game themselves on their or their end because I can't. I don't think I'll be able to put it on the screen. But true, true. If you have that, but you if if you, if you somehow have access to the game I'm watching, uh, I guess you would have to uh, watch it to get to get what I'm reacting to. Yeah, but at least you'd be able to see your instant reaction, which would be very cool. And. Um... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd see that maybe, maybe an average, maybe once every week or every two weeks. I haven't decided how I'm doing that, but there, there's going to be plenty of that in, in a process. There might, there might even be, be me, uh, re, reacting to maybe, 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 uh, maybe a movie you'll watch along in the future. I don't. You might, you might, you might get, you might get that, you might get that in the future. You might get a couple of stuff. Maybe, sure. maybe me even a. I'm thinking of one of these days, maybe even going old school and playing a little Mega Man Two. Remember Mega? <laughs> Love that game, man. Love that game. My brother-in-law be pumped about that. He'd be checking that out in no time. Yeah, <laughs> I freaking gotta just look up, try to remember all my little little tricks. I remember using how strategically all those little powers of those that those that he's <laughs> in. Where the heck does Dr. Wally come up with these robots? <laughs> oh Man, my god. I don't know if you remember how crazy uh how of course of course there was an easy one. There was a guy blunt man, which was something else. <laughs> I, I I mean I, I don't even think Mega Man remembers that fight with Blunt Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But uh yeah, you know, so for uh for best seat in the house podcast uh oh yeah and actually before we get out of here you can check me out on Twitter at my last name Kramer NY don't forget to follow us on Twitter also at b sith b i I'm sorry b s i t h underscore podcast and don't forget to check us out on Instagram at best seat in the house podcast so for for everybody here uh me and uh, and Bobo and you know everybody that has uh just taken the time to check our show out this year in the infancy of our program. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for following us and subscribing. And uh, we hope to, to keep making you happy in the new year. And hopefully we'll have a 2023 that ends with the New York Mets championship. Right, buddy? Yep. That's right. We'll see <laughs> you guys next little couple of days before, before uh, the new year linger longer. <laughs> the happy new year, my buddy. All right, you know, Dan, and when we get out of here, well, let's just uh, let's close it. I'll count on three, and let's just say Merry Christmas, all right? So let's go, buddy. One, two, three. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Best Seat in the House podcast. Catch you next week. <laughs>